everyone, and welcome to another Global Association of Assistance Professionals podcast. The GAAP is an open, friendly, and most importantly, inclusive group with a common goal of connecting people, not only within the assistance industry, but also promoting and educating others about how things work within the assistance world and its actual function. My name is Jennifer Milton, and I am Head of Travel and Assistance at Sedgwick in Germany. Our guest today is Samuel Tester. Sam is the Operational Manager at Homeland International, based in Red Hill in the UK. Sam, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you've been with Homeland for about seven years now. Is that correct? Yeah, almost seven years, um, which, to be honest, has uh, flown by uh, in some aspects. Um, and you know, it, when I looked earlier, actually, uh, it caught me by surprise that it was actually almost seven years now. Um, but yeah, uh, I work for Homeland International um, as operations manager uh, here in the UK. Um, we we help uh, support a variety of different people and clients uh, all over the world um, with uh, the repatriation of mortal remains, uh, as the assistance industry uh you know, describes it, uh, but basically any sort of funeral or repatriation um, service anywhere on earth. Uh, we support sort of bereaved families directly, um, but for the most part, we support uh, assistance companies, insurance companies, embassies, uh, international organizations, kind of anyone really uh, that suffers the loss uh, of somebody overseas. Um, and that's where we, we step in to try and make that process slightly more simple um, and slightly easier for those people who find themselves in such a uh, horrible situation in, you know, sometimes a location that they're not familiar with or, or, or whatever. So I've been doing that for seven years um, and the company itself uh, is part of a, of a funeral company in the UK um, called CPJ Field who have been in operation for over 300 years um so uh we have quite a bit of experience in the sector um but yeah homeland provides those services on a global uh, global level fascinating well thanks for that detailed description sam so so your job will obviously consist of you dealing with mortality and morbidity on a daily basis I am going to assume, and I do think that my assumption is is also going to be correct, that you are an extremely compassionate person who will certainly do his best to support grieving family members, friends, whoever may be involved in the actual situation. Um, and of course, I clearly am very curious, but, but could you please tell us what made you decide to go into this line of business? What made you choose this direction? I hope I'm not asking too many questions all at once, but the topic is just so incredibly intriguing. In your opinion, are you someone who is possibly better equipped than the, let's say, average person to, in fact, deal better or with grieving people? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, as you say, uh there's a huge part of our of our role on on a daily basis uh, is is being that that compassionate, empathetic uh, individual that can 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 listen, um, carefully um, have that critical attention to detail, um, to support people at such a sensitive uh, time. 
Um, our entire team here uh, do a tremendous job uh, every single day. You know, there's no off period really, uh, especially in a global environment. And you know, around the clock, our team are supporting clients at yeah such a such a difficult time and working with bereaved families to. You know, we're never going to make it easy by any stretch, but um, we can certainly help to make that process uh, slightly easier through our experience, through our advice and, and through our support at that time. Um, you know, I'm fortunate to have, as you say, uh, maybe not, uh, I suppose throughout my life, I've always liked helping people. And I think a lot of the people that we are lucky to work with within our sector and within our company uh, have a real care background whether that's through you know working in sort of care environments whether that's in hospitals whether that's uh, forever in the funeral industry and yeah it really is a daily task where you know we, we we're here to help people um you know just like the rest of the assistance industry just in a slightly different uh part of the journey a slightly you know everything's sensitive in this sector um, and obviously this this comes with its own sensitivity but how i got into the business i suppose it wasn't something uh that growing up i thought you know that's that's what i i want to get into um some people that that is the case but but not for myself um i was actually i, I joined the company through in the uk we have a apprenticeship uh, schemes um so i was uh rather young and, and join the company uh, on, on an apprenticeship uh, apprenticeship scheme so that's basically um for those of you that don't know uh, that are listening uh, it's a it's kind of a job whilst learning as well so you do a series of qualifications training workshops and everything like that uh, to aid your personal development um, and also to kind of get to know the company the industry and everything like that so you know that's where I started really, um, and for for a year or so, um, I was a case coordinator at Homeland International, so you know on the front line, if you like, uh, supporting families uh, all over the world. Um, you know, at a difficult time with the repatriation requirements, um, and you know our company have so many uh, training and development opportunities, and since then I've had a, a variety of qualifications right up to actually uh, completing a degree as well, uh, which was organised by the company. So I've been rather fortunate, really, to have that personal development aided through what the company uh, the company can offer. Um, and, yeah, so I've, I've sort of started as case coordinator, uh, slowly kind of worked my way up, and uh, I'm the operations manager now, looking after more than just the cases. You know, I lead the team, I uh, lead the development from a business perspective, but and everything in between um you know i'm usually the person that sort of external parties would liaise with whether that's within our provider network whether that's you know through uh, interaction with uh, different companies within the sector or whatever else um but yeah it certainly wasn't something that at school i thought you know i wanted to get into by any stretch but you know um it, it it just happened to to, to kind of uh, fall into place, and I think everything does happen for a reason sometimes. And uh, perhaps this was one uh, that that maybe proves that. Thanks for that insight, Sam. And what you had to say actually made me go back and and reflect on some things. I've handled some existence cases in the past where I've actually had to to have a good cry. Obviously not on the phone, but 
But after I hung up, you know what it is, you yeah. just feel so sorry, so helpless. There are certain things you can't do where you just can't help, where a decision or a turn of events is beyond your power and you know things are not going to work out well. Mm. I'm, I'm a sentimental <laughs> type anyway. I still blubber when I watch the kids' movie, How the Red Fern Grows. But, but anyway, I could imagine that you would have to be a special type of person as mm. well as, as to be yeah. honestly mentally stable to be able to, the, to do the type of job you do. And I would be extremely interested in knowing how you emotionally cope with dealing with grieving family members, loved ones, friends. What do you do for yourself to balance that mental strain and also to keep yourself, let's say, mentally healthy? Mm. Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on. Um, it's uh, it's in a real emotional uh, job. Um, and from a, a brief conversation with somebody you can become uh, so attached to the situation um, that these people find themselves in and that willingness to help obviously is a natural reaction uh, and something that can really take its toll um, like you say with the real difficult you know every case is difficult of course um, we can uh, find ourselves in the middle of some really uh, tricky cases um that, that can t you know they can be overwhelming at times um you know uh, as an individual yes i'd probably say deep down i have you know I'm fairly strong and i know that you know by keeping strong and keeping positive about uh whatever's happening in, in a repatriation will obviously help the family be more reassured with uh with what's happening um, and knowing that the knowledge our team have and the network that we have and everything else in the background is, is going to help and, and there's always going to be a way through what we're doing. Um, internally, uh, we take the well-being of our, of our team very seriously. We're very fortunate, again, to have bags of resources internally, whether that's... Uh, uh, we do regular weekly uh, workshops and uh, well-being workshops that you can log on to, whether that's remotely or in person, and just take half hour out of the day um, to kind of go through some sort of mindfulness uh, activities. Uh, we have access to sort of exercise and well-being programs for outside of work, so colleagues can take part in things from yoga, Pilates, gym work, whatever that's kind of... Um, through online videos and things like that that the company have put together um so there's a real you know we have to look after each other um and uh, especially at the tough times um and yeah every day has its challenges and there's there's always an opportunity to take a step away uh, if we need to because it, it can become something that you become incredibly attached to uh, on a daily basis um but yeah we do our utmost to help everybody um as i say even some of the you know real difficult cases there's always a solution um it's just finding it um and and you know most of the time that's possible for us to do which is obviously a relief for the family and something that you know makes our job so fulfilling that at the end of a repatriation case when we we've done everything we can and everything's complete in the way it should be you know the feedback we receive from families uh, or assistance companies or whoever we've helped along the way is uh is what makes this job so fulfilling and and what makes our team sort of tick on a daily basis 
Very impressive, Sam. And compliments to you as well as other company leaders for recognizing the gravity of what you do. And obviously your team does and for promoting a healthy well-being mindset. It does make the profession sound very fulfilling, I have to say. And I'm just going back to that word fulfilling. What was your most fulfilling, let's say, business moment? As I say, there's a, you know, we're lucky in a sense um, because, you know, it's very hard to uh, artificially uh, create the feeling of being fulfilled sort of thing. Um, but when we're, we're able to do that on a daily basis through, through the hard work we put in. But if I had to, I don't think I could pencil, you know, put my finger on a, an exact moment that was the most fulfilling. But I'd have to say there are two that stick into my mind the most. Um, the first uh, we, we, it was a repatriation uh, that we managed from, uh, the, uh, in, uh, from Chuk in Micronesia in the Pacific Ocean uh, back to the UK, uh, which you know, was the first probably big uh, repatriation case that I'd sort of been responsible for in my career. Um, and from the first call to, to completion, you know, there were a lot of challenges and a lot of companies that that weren't able to, you know, complete this sort of repatriation. And, and the particular, it was actually for an insurer who we weren't a registered provider or anything for, but we ended up working for them on that particular case. Um, you know, managing what other people would describe as impossible, um, and through 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 help of of local hospitals and and through help from from various airlines and everything like that, we were able to to complete that particular case from Micronesia back to the UK. Um, and secondly, the more recent one really um, was our, our activity within the pandemic. Um, we supported uh, the first uh, COVID nineteen death within Europe. Um, so we supported a family, a Chinese family who suffered the loss of, of their loved one in Paris. Um, and, you know, it was a point where the French authorities were actually asking sort of our advice on how to manage a situation, which was rather interesting because you're expecting to have to follow these strict rules that have been sort of enforced and everything like that. But they were actually asking us, you know, what would you recommend for sort of all these, you know, infections protocol and PPE, uh, personal, you know, protective equipment um, and everything like that. So we were kind of working in in partnership, I suppose, in a way on, on kind of the best practice that perhaps at the time, you know, those weren't expecting this to happen so soon or whatever. So we were able to lean on the experience from our colleagues in Asia who had, you know, weeks or months of sort of, uh, I suppose, head start, if you like. Uh, through the experiences they'd seen in the early days of the pandemic and 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 the the experience they'd had before from SARS, um, and as well as that, you know, any any sort of initial activity that we put into place uh, within the UK within our own business in in you know being prepared for what was to come as such. So that was a really interesting case that we managed, um, you know, with sort of nothing to no real guideline to follow we really had to put in best practice and, and experience from elsewhere in the world to to help both the french government uh, on the ground but the family at the end of the day as well um so i think all of these sort of high profile case study type repatriations are what i find the most fulfilling and are what you know you enjoy i suppose sharing 
um, the success of that, that we were able to support these people when you're speaking with people in the, uh, you know, wherever you find yourself is, is, is something that's a story to tell as such. Um, and it's just something that, you know, you feel as a team so proud that uh, you're able to support the family when, you know, as I say, other people might describe these type of cases as impossible or um, or whatever. And, and we step in and make sometimes these things happen. Uh, which is something that yeah, we're immensely proud of. Okay, Sam. Thank you very much. Now, could you tell us a little bit about your hobbies? What do you do in your free time? Yeah, yeah, of course I can. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, free time is uh, crucial, uh, especially in, in this, this uh, environment that we work within. Uh, whether that's in assistance or funerals or uh, repatriation or whatever, I think it's very important to get that free time and switch off, and uh, which allows us to be at 100% whenever we're in work. Uh, myself, um, I love being outdoors, big into sports. Um, I'm a big football fan, uh, or if you know America, uh, soccer fan. Uh, I play uh, locally most weeks and I enjoy watching with friends and family and everything as well um, which ties in with what else I like doing uh, which is you know spending time with uh, friends and family uh, where possible and and my main hobby really pre-pandemic uh, is is, is travelling uh, as much as I can seeing new places cultures people um with friends loved ones um and yeah just kind of seeing the world as as much as possible uh, which has obviously been uh difficult <laughs> over the last uh couple of years or so but uh there's you know a light at the end of the tunnel i hope uh that can lead back to that but yeah as i say i think it's a, a very important uh thing is to split that time and have that work-life balance um as i say do you have any special places you like to travel to? Uh, you know, I think living in Europe, um, it's, you know, we're, we're privileged to be able to, um, you know, get to places relatively easy and there's a number of options uh, to travel to places, whether that's by road, by rail uh, or by flight. Um, so it can kind of suit all, all, all budgets or whatever, um, but also all options. Um, so living within Europe, it's very easy to get away for a weekend or, or a couple of days here or there. So I think it, it, it's a very easy way of doing things and, and something we're lucky to be able to do within, you know, one or two hours on a plane. Uh, you can experience, you know, a, a country and a culture and a language that's, that's far different to your own. Um, which is, you know, realistically one of the, the, the most fulfilling parts of, of traveling for me. It's, it's getting out of that comfort zone, uh, finding out something new and, and, you know, experiencing something that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do at home. Um, so, you know, there's many beautiful cities in Europe that I'm, I'm very lucky to have been able to see. Um, and, you know, that, that list, uh, <laughs> keeps getting ticked off hopefully i can re restart that list as, as as travel returns um but you know as i say there's a there's a number of lovely places in europe um a, a favorite of mine would actually be iceland uh which is incredible uh if you've ever been able to get there uh some of the things you can witness there are you know in you know, almost unimaginable uh at times and it's a, a truly beautiful place 
Oh, well, thanks. That's actually, I haven't been there. It's on my list. You definitely um, should. <laughs> okay, well, thanks. <laughs> I'm going to try and do that this summer. I hope everything goes well. And um, I'd really like to head up there. Well, Sam, thank you again. I really appreciate your time. Uh, extremely interesting, really intriguing. Uh, I loved hearing about Homeland International, learning a bit more about it, and also about you as a person. Thank you very much. Thank you.